section two of the sikh religion volume five this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the sikh religion volume five by max arthur mcauliffe life of guru gobind singh chapter two the guru continued to hunt and practise arms companies of sikhs used continually to visit him and make him offerings those who came for military service were received without reservation and taught the profession of arms in this way the guru soon collected a considerable army the masands continued their opposition and again went to complain to the guru's mother they represented to her the guru is very young and hath no worldly experience he hath stirred up strife between himself and the hill raja he hath no ally for the emperor beareth him no love he hath taken the unprecedented course of refusing on two occasions bim chand's request for the loan of the elephant these hill chiefs are not afraid to fight and die wherefore advise thy son that it is not politic to contend with them if war begin how shall sikhs come with their offerings and where shall we procure supplies for our public kitchen when the guru's mother remonstrated with him as thus advised he replied mother dear i have been sent by the immortal god he who worshippeth him shall be happy but he who acteth dishonestly and worshippeth stones shall receive well-merited retribution this is my commission from god if to-day i give raja bim chand the elephant i shall have to pay him tribute to-morrow he essayeth to terrify me but i only fear the immortal god and know none beside nan chand then joined in the conference lady hath a lion ever feared jackals hath any one ever seen the light of the firefly in bright sunshine what availeth a drop of water in comparison with the ocean the guru is a tiger brave and splendid as the sun shall he fear bim chand when the foolish hillmen who are like mosquitoes contend with the guru they shall become acquainted with our strength and suffer the mortification of a late repentance by kripal then interposed sister dear nanchand understandeth the guru's pleasure the guru ended the discussion by saying mother dear heed not the evil advice of the masands they have become cowards from surreptitiously eating the offerings of the sikhs the guru knowing nanchand to be brave and skilful in war made him his finance minister moreover nanchand's father had done service for guru teg bahadur and the family was known to be loyal to the gurus pay was due to the troops and tact and skilful management of them were necessary kripal accordingly highly approved of the guru's resolve and accepted nanchand as the guru's finance minister nanchand was invested with a robe of honour and appointed to his high position with all due formalities 
the guru and his troops continued to practise archery and devote themselves to the chase when the other hill rajas heard of this and of the guru's difference with bim chand they began to fan the flame of enmity thinking that they would be more secure themselves if the guru and bim chand exhausted their strength on contests with each other kripal the raja of kangra sent raja bim chand a message fear not i am with you the guru is raising an army thou oughtest consequently to be on thy guard against him there cannot be two kings in one state wherefore it is proper for thee to expel him with all expedition bim chand replied that peace was the best thing if it could be maintained otherwise he would welcome his friend's assistance and expel the guru raja kripal then with exquisite treachery sent the following message to the guru great king fortunate are we that thou hast come to dwell in this land i have heard that thou hast some disagreement with bim chand that fool knoweth not thy greatness assert thyself and bring him to reason by the sword i will be thine ally directly thine order reacheth me i shall be found fully prepared to this the guru merely replied this is guru nanak's house where men shall be treated as they deserve raja kripal's envoy took note of the guru's intelligence determination and material strength and on returning to his master informed him that the guru would certainly not yield to bim chand without a struggle the time for the marriage of fatah shah's daughter to bim chand's son was now approaching so bim chand decided to ask the guru again to lend him the elephant and other articles of display for the occasion he accordingly sent his brother-in-law kesari chand raja of jaswal and a brahman with orders to bring what he desired by all possible means they requested the guru to lend bim chand the throne the elephant the kabuli tent and the fivefold weapon the family priest promised that the loan should be returned with a present of four thousand rupees on this the guru said am i a shopkeeper that i should take hire for what i lend kesari chand remonstrated o guru thou livest by offerings thou art not a landowner thou hast no kingdom no fief from which thou mayest derive income and offerings of this description have doubtless often been made thee the guru on hearing this declined further parley and abruptly dismissed the envoys the masands again complained to the guru's mother the guru's action is impolitic bim chand's army will come and plunder anandpur the guru is still a boy and hath never seen real warfare though he ever babbleth of it at one time he saith we will destroy the oppressive turks again he saith i will give the whole country from lahore to peshawar as a kingdom to my sikhs advise thy son to cease uttering such irritating language his mother duly remonstrated with him my son why art thou stirring up strife send thy minister nan chand and thy uncle kripal to make peace otherwise an army of hillmen will attack us immediately whither shall we go if we are obliged to depart hence thy father purchased this land and came here to live in retirement and peace 
the guru replied the hillmen have now come to beg with the humility of goats but when they have received what they have asked for they will assume the bravery of tigers on this account why should we not take measures for our own safety mother dear if we now betray fear of them they will soon be ready to devour us they will only respect us when we show them the sword if thou show a stick to a barking dog he will fear to continue his barking we cannot remain subject to such people if they play the part of aggressors i will show them what the guru can do the immortal god hath sent me into the world to uproot evil and protect from tyranny the weak and oppressed on hearing this the guru's mother retired in sorrow to her apartment and the guru proceeded to don his arms and coat of mail when raja bim chand's envoys returned to their master they repeated the guru's message with marginal additions of their own bim chand became very angry and addressed the guru the following letter if thou desire to dwell in anandpur send the elephant quickly if thou agree not to this i will take an army plunder and assail thy disciples of both sexes expel them from the country and imprison thee to save thyself however from all these painful consequences thou mayest immediately depart from my state the guru on perusing this letter smiled and said to his friends i accept the alternative of war which he offereth me he sent bim chand a reply to this effect and ordered nan chand to make immediate preparation for defence when bim chand received the guru's letter he called his brother hill chiefs to a council of war and informed them of his negotiations with the guru he was himself he said for open hostilities raja kripal however counselled deliberation he urged thou hast now made all preparations for thy son's marriage and it is not time for war should any relation of thine be killed thy rejoicings will be changed unto mourning it is not well to die at a time of festivity or sing songs of joy at a funeral the other hill chiefs who were summoned to the council and also bin chand's prime minister were precisely of the same opinion the contemplated war was consequently adjourned raja kripal then suggested that when the bridegroom's party went to srinagar they should induce raja fatah shah to ally himself with them and take up arms against the guru meantime the guru himself was making all preparations to meet his opponents he caused it to be publicly known that he would be grateful to all who brought him arms and horses and his appeal met with a ready response raja madani prakash of nihan at this time sent an envoy to the guru with an invitation to pay him a visit he was sure the guru would be pleased to see the dun or valley par excellence which enjoyed a cool climate and afforded abundant sport ram ra the guru's relation dwelt there and found it a pleasant and agreeable residence the raja of nahan had heard that raja bim chand was at enmity with the guru but raja bim chand knew not the guru's greatness and would afterwards repent the raja of nahan also desired the guru's assistance which would be useful to him in time of need and accordingly warmly invited him to make a lengthened sojourn in his country 
the guru requested the envoy to wait a few days for an answer the masands were very pleased to hear of the raja of nahan's invitation and thought if the guru accepted it there would be an end of the quarrel between him and bim chand they induced the guru's mother to persuade him to visit the raja she told the guru that after some time spent in nahan he might return to anandpur after which she hoped there would be peace the guru accepted her advice and promised to start for nahan on the morrow by way of precaution he decided to take the whole of his trained army with him and ordered nanchan to make all necessary arrangements for the march on the morrow the guru caused his drum to be beaten as a signal for departure he set out accompanied by his minister nanchand his relations and five hundred udasi sikhs for the defence of anandpur he left suraj mal's two grandsons gulab ra and sham das with a suitable guard the guru's first march was to kiratpur where he visited the shrine of his grandfather guru har gobind after a few days further journey he encamped at the foot of the nahan mountain the rajah duly went to greet and welcome his distinguished guest he took him to his palace begged him to enjoy himself with the chase and meanwhile design and superintend the building of a fort for the protection of the state on one of the rajah's and the guru's hunting excursions the subject was again mooted the rajah explained that rajah fatah shah of srinagar the capital of garhwal had often quarrelled with him over the ground on which they were then standing he would therefore be very pleased when a fortress was constructed on the spot for protection against all enemies the guru erected a tent and in company with the rajah held a darbar it was unanimously agreed that a fort was necessary for the protection of the country the rajah accordingly requested the guru to allow his army to assist in its construction and he would send his own workmen and labourers for its speedy completion the guru caused sacred food to be prepared and praying to the creator distributed it he then laid the foundation stone of the fort such was the zeal and energy of the workmen that it was completed in twelve days the guru gave it the name of ponta he abode there and continued to increase his army and enlist all muhammadans as well as hindus who presented themselves for service all recruits as well as disciplined soldiers rendered willing aid in the construction of the building End of section two.